everybody. Welcome to episode 40 of the Canberra Football Show. I'm Matt Nicoletti. Joining me today, always here for the big occasions, Russ Gibbs. Yeah, I'm always here for the rounded numbers, aren't I, for some reason. It just seems to work out that way. Uh, but yeah, 40 shows. Brilliant. Well done, boys. A few more for the half century. We'll have to have something nice and big for that. Yeah, actually, I was thinking about that. Will might, that might need to, yeah. Will that be season review time or will that it, be I, I haven't even... finals time? It could be about that. As, as, as the story you told me just before we went on here, I haven't even looked yet, so I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to do the numbers. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for having me again. Looking forward to chat all things football. Michael, how's it going today? Yeah, good, thanks. It, it could all just align beautifully for that sort of half century mark, um, but we'll... We'll see. Obviously, I can't think on uh, at the top of my head sort of when exactly 50 episodes will be in and around sort of this season. But um, obviously, very excited to reach 40 episodes. Um, it, it, it's a great uh, achievement, but it's gone very quick as well. Um, you know, doing this um, every week. I mean, it just obviously just continues to build, build and build. And one minute you're thinking, oh, we're only sort of, you know, three episodes in and now here we are and we're 40 down. So we'll see how many more we can, we can do. I definitely felt that about this season so far. We are nearing the, uh, the, uh, the end of the season and the exciting end of the season, as we will mention in all these leagues. Let's get started with a very exciting matchup. Russ and I called on the weekend. Canberra Olympic 2, Gungahlin United 3, of course, we're starting with MPL 1, Bernabeu Madrid on the score sheet with a brace and Dom Giampaolo scoring for Gungahlin United. Like I mentioned, very, very entertaining contest. Gungahlin United sort of solidified themselves in third place. Now, of course, they still have a matchup in hand as well. Crawford scored the uh, both the goals for Canberra Olympic. He was, he's been in fantastic form recently, hasn't he? And um, yeah, Ru- Russ has uh, had some good calls for some of those goals there, especially that... Uh, was it the second one? It was absolutely yeah. brilliant strike. Great fight back from the Gunners, though. So we'll, we'll mention it on air. It was sort of similar to the match that Russ and I called there in the first fixture of matches, except Gungahlin this time got the extra goal mm. and won the contest instead of it being 2-2. But they did it before halftime, which gave them all the momentum sort of heading in. Bernabeu Madrid once again just displayed... Yet again, why he is one of the best uh, finishers in the league. And... Uh, before I go to you, Russ, where is he on the uh, goal-scoring charts now? He's got to be near the top now. Gnabry Madrid, yep. 13 goals. He leads the way. Then there's uh, Nick Popovich and Iso Suregi on nine, I believe. This is off the top of my head. Yeah. So, um, then, and then there's a couple of guys now floating around on eight, Jimmy Crawford amongst them. Uh, so, it's, yeah, it's quite a close little run, uh, run thing. I think Nick Popovich will be eyeing up these games in hand and thinking, oh, can I close it up on Felipe? Because <laughs> there's quite a uh, friendly rivalry between those two. And I had a chat with Felipe about it before... Um, the game on the weekend, and he actually did say to me, and I agree 100% being a centre forward myself or former one, um, whilst you you don't really look at it, you do look at it. Yeah. And and any striker that says they're not is a liar. And um, and it generally means, and as Felipe said the weekend, it means just your team's doing well. And it means that you're at the top of the scoring charts. I think Daniel Barach might be on eight now as well. He's got a couple we'll talk about later. But yeah, yeah. he's uh, on the way. He certainly is. And what did you think about this matchup over, overall, Russ? Once again, good comeback from Gungahlin. And like I mentioned, nearly wrote itself like the previous script, except Gungahlin went all the way this time. It did, didn't it? It was uh, that game earlier in the season we were at where it was 2-0 and Gungahlin scored twice in two minutes to get them back on level terms. And they did exactly the same thing, as you mentioned, in the first half. It was quite remarkable, really, wasn't it? Jimmy Crawford um, 
scored two in, in round two, I think it was. Um, um, then went 10 matches without a goal and now a six in four, which is a good return for him. He's finding the net, which is good because I saw Hagi's come dried up over the last couple of weeks. Um, although I did mention to him beforehand, he has scored in nine games this season, uh, nine separate matches, which I think is probably the most out of any player in the league. Um, in terms of uh, games you've scored in. But they were 2-0 up and, and they were looking like they were going to win the match, weren't they? They were looking comfortable. Um, Gungarland hadn't created much. And then all of a sudden, out of nothing, Dom Gianpaolo, as he's wont to do, scored. And Felipe Bernardo Madrid showed us what he's capable of with a couple of really classy finishes. And, and he's been in good form when he's been put through one-on-one. Um, bit of controversy about that third one, wasn't there? The uh, Olympic um, claimed he was offside. But I think Adam Fauna, as we said at the time, played him on with that. Uh, play at the ball with a header. Mm. I think Robbie Catton should be disappointed. His team couldn't hold on to at least half time at 2-1 um, or even 2-0 because they've dropped off the pace a bit, haven't they? And they've probably fallen away from the race from the top four at the moment. Although, and we'll talk about it later, they've got a game on Tuesday night or tomorrow night against Tuggeranong and uh, if they can win that, be back into it. For Gungalin and, and Marcel Munoz, they just keep ticking along nicely. They're getting some good form under their belts. They bounce back nicely from their defeat last week and they're finding the net at the right time. And I actually think they've got the best trio of forwards in the competition for me in Michael John, Felipe Bernardo, Madrid and Mishko Nomoski. And they thoroughly deserved their win in the end. And what was a very entertaining game, wasn't it? It certainly was. Michael, any thoughts on this one before we move on to the next matchup? Yeah, I think like you mentioned there about Bernardo, uh, Madrid, obviously leading the goal scoring uh, charts. I, I just think that uh, one, take, one big takeaway I had sort of just watching those goals uh, that that he scored on the weekend and not only just the weekend, but what he's been able to do over the whole season. He's probably the best finisher in the competition in terms of when he's through one-on-one, he just manages to find, you know, the, you know, the far corner um, with excellent precision. And you can almost just re- rely on him and almost sort of expect as soon as he's put through that, He's going to find the back of the net somehow. And I just think that there's no one better. There's no one else that you want more than a player like Bernardo Madrid in those situations because nine times out of 10, he's going to finish finish that situation off. So uh, he's in great form. And obviously, when you've got a striker in good form, uh, like you you said, Ross, your team's going to be doing well uh, as well. So um, hopefully he can keep uh, that up and... Uh, fend off the other contenders that are looking to um, get themselves near that uh, golden boot uh, status. Let's let's point out though. I mean, I do, I agree with you. I think he is the best one-on-one finisher in the competition. Doesn't look like missing when he gets in, but he's just finishing off what everyone else is creating at the moment. And their team is yeah. looking really good. The yeah. defensive setup um, with Buddy Abbas in it has been very very good. They brought in Stefan Vucic on the weekend, and he looked very good. Um, coming in into that back four as well. And I understand Jack Green um, will be back before finals time as well. Oh, so wow. that'll be a huge That's, um, yeah. a huge addition to them coming in at the right time at the right place. Let's hope he's not rushing back too too soon because we'll love to see Jack back and fully fit on the field. But um, yeah, they're, they're in good form all round. They've uh, got Josh Laguda back between the sticks next week as well. Um, he's available. Jacob Quinn on the weekend was excellent. He made some really good saves, didn't he? So there's no, a I decision, decision yeah. for Marcel Munoz to be made. Um, over which one of his very good goalkeepers he's going to put between the posts. Yeah, there was one reaction say he made with his with his leg, which was um, fantastic. Sort of just pulled pulled it out right in front. And the uh, Rowan Jones one from the header as well. It's a super save. Yeah, certainly was. What's our next matchup, Michael? Our next matchup, uh, we're going to be talking about one of the most sort of informed 
uh, sides in the competition at the moment, and that's the Monero Panthers, as they were able to win uh, yet again in a close uh, 1-0 win against Belconnen, uh, United, uh, McLaughlin uh, getting on the score sheet for the Monero Panthers there in the first half. Um, like I mentioned, they're one of the informed teams uh, in this MPL season at the moment, Monero. Um, it's four wins in a row that they've managed to uh, put together, which is fantastic uh, for that team and also Frank Kasia. Um, and, and they got a win against a very good Belcon United side who were, you know, obviously in a bit of form uh, themselves heading into that one. They had won uh, their previous uh, three matches. Um, and Matt and I discussed previously how even before those three matches, Bill Connor was sort of struggling to get wins on the board. But then obviously the last three games, they were able to put some really good form together and, and important victories. Uh, but it was Monero who came out in, on top uh, in this game. And it, it, you already knew it was going to be a, a very good game in that opening sort of minute. or well, just after the minute mark, it was... Uh, when Monero created a chance and it fell to uh, Sam Woods and you thought he was going to score for all money, but he just smashed it against the, uh, against the crossbar um, to the disbelief. You could hear uh, the, the crowd going, oh, my God. Yeah, the mics picked uh, that up pretty well. Yeah, yeah, they did, yeah. Um, but nevertheless, they were able to uh, put that to the back of their minds and, and go forward. And uh, I thought the build-up for their goal was uh, fantastic. It was Jeremy Habtamarian playing a little uh, ball to Tim Bobolos, who took a nice touch uh, down the right uh, touchline uh, and cut the ball back in beautifully for McLaughlin, who found himself uh, free in the box with a nice uh, left-footed volley. Uh, and that obviously proved to be the difference uh, in the game. Uh, that And I think as a whole, this Monero team is just brewing with absolute uh, confidence uh, at the moment, at, at a very important stage uh, of the season. You know, we don't have too many games left. Uh, teams are fighting for spots in the top four and they've finally got themselves in there. And that's a position where we expected them uh, to be before the start of the season. But given how they started this season, where they, sh- they struggled for quite a number of weeks and they've fa- finally, you know, got that formula uh, together, that winning formula together, um, the squad's playing fantastic football and um, they're exactly where they want to be. Uh, Frank, Frank Hasha, um, I'm sure is delighted at where um, Monero are uh, right now. And he'll want to uh, keep that spot uh, inside the top four, no doubt. Ross, uh, what, did, what did you think of uh, this result in terms of uh, Monero and just how it further enhances their uh, top four chances? Yeah, make no mistake, for me, this is a huge win for them. It was a big result. I mean, had they lost, um, Belconnen would have been back in, it had been in the four and it would have been further ahead and it would have halted that momentum. As it is, they've got the three points on the board and they've created a bit of a gap now, haven't they, um, to West Canberra Wanderers and Olympic who are dropping away and it might be that two-horse race for that fourth place with Belconnen United, who they've just beaten. And as you said, set the stall out early. Seb Woods should have scored... Um, in the first minute, I think it was, wasn't it? And yeah. um, he could have scored the goal, but didn't. Uh, they created chances at the end. Alessandro Pena went through, um, clipped the outs of the yeah. post. Jeremy Habtamarian clipped a post as well. That curse of that Riverside woodwork continues. Um, but they created the one chance that mattered, didn't they? And as you uh, um, so eloquently put it there in, in the build-up, uh, Michael was brilliant. I mean, the ball uh, it came off a throw from Tim Bobolas and 
the Hampton Man brothers were involved and Timmy continued his run down that flank and put over a ball that was begging to be finished. And, and it was a difficult um, technique for Tom McLaughlin yeah. to score against his former club. And he fairly buried it past Reese Lissinger, who didn't have a, ch- a prayer in goal. Um, it was a great finish and it was a three points that Monero really needed. Um, they've got a match now on Wednesday against Tigers FC, which is a bonus for them now. If they can get anything out of that, that is a bonus. Their big one was this one. They needed three points here. It was no good to them really to lose this and then beat Tigers. It makes it would make no sense for them in terms of their league season as much as it would have been a boost to the players. But they've got this one of their belts. Uh, the work's not done though. There's still plenty of games to go and Belconnen um, will look at their fixture list that they've got coming up and compare it with the Panthers who've got a, a fairly testing one coming through. And, you know, we may see, and I'm sure we will, plenty more twists and turns for the end of the season. The one thing for Fab Michelli, I think they didn't create much in terms of an attacking threat, did they? Um, there wasn't yeah. too much going forward for them. Um, that happens. I think we're seeing that a lot in games that we're doing. I think players are becoming tireder and as the season goes on due to the short year last year, in my opinion, and maybe lack of conditioning. But there's not as many chances as you'd think players' passes are going a bit scrappy. But I think it's uh, going to make for a very exciting last few weeks. And both these sides um, are both in contention still, but advantage Monero. Matt, any thoughts on uh, this result uh, for, for the Monero Panthers? Yeah, like Russ put it, I, this was the most important one for them. Uh, importantly for them, now they're in the driver's seat. They control their own destiny. It's taken them a long time to, to you know, get themselves in this top four. They're going to want to solidify it. And if they, I know it's, it's not an easy match against Tigers, but if they can get something from that, it sort of helps in that position. Like Russ just mentioned, it's all in their hands now. They've been working uh, for a while to get there. Uh, before we move on, my question to you, Russ, was about Belcon United. Uh, they've been, you know, they started the season pretty well. Then they went through that, you know, period where they didn't get a win for ages. They've been doing pretty well over the last couple of weeks. Now they falter. They're out of the top four again. What do you think they need to do to sort of uh, get themselves uh, back in it? Because the last, yeah, the last time they dropped out of the top four, it was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a rut for them. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I'm just having a quick check on their fixture list. They've got Tigers, Croatia, Gungarland in their next three as well for Belcon. And so it's in their hands to get back into that top four. But that's not an easy run, is it? Um, by any stretch of the imagination. I think the, the, the problem is, is they're just not creating. I mean, it seems quite strange to say. And I think that that, that may have been a one-off that Monero really organised because the week before, yeah. the chances they took against Canberra Olympic, Luca Flores was in fine form, um, got himself a hat-trick, didn't he? And... Um, they just need to go back to what they were doing at best. I think I still think Darren Bailey up front offers a lot um, of in terms of movement, in terms of uh, in terms of getting involved in that. But I, I still think he's a better defender. Um, and if it was me, and it's not, and, and Fab picks his own team, I'd probably say, look, we got young Curtis Schaefer on the bench. Um, we've got young Max Green on the bench. We've got goal scorers there. It might be time to give them a their head and let them have a go. Um, I think that's their main problem. They're hard to break down. Defensively, they're very good. Um, they don't concede many goals, but they just need at the other end to yeah. start putting them away again. It's not all doom and gloom for them. They're more than capable of getting results in the next three matches, but um, losing this one makes it a bit harder, but not impossible. And Michael, what is our final matchup of the round? Yeah, our final matchup of the round was Canberra Croatia getting a big win uh, and a much needed big win, I feel. Uh, at the expense of uh, West Canberra Wanderers, five uh, nil in this contest. Barak uh, with with two, Tanesky, Kalpataldo, and Ugrinich added goals as well. 
Um, like I said, it's the sort of performance uh, I feel that they needed um, after their recent bit of form that we've discussed uh, on the last few uh, podcasts uh, and how they were struggling. Uh, but, it, you know, it seems that they've turned a little bit of a corner. Obviously, they've managed to pick up two straight wins now. That's going to obviously give them a lot of confidence uh, heading into the remaining fixtures of this season and certainly into finals uh, football uh, as well. And uh, I think for West Canberra Wanderers, I mean, they were right in that sort of game until, you know, the 80th minute mark. It was only 2-0. Uh, they, they weren't playing too badly, but it's, it, it almost looked as like they just completely capitulated after the, the 80th minute mark. Um, I mean, to only be 2-0 down in in the 80th minute, but then to go and ship three goals in the last 10 um, meant that they left with a heavy defeat that they didn't really need, uh, to, to be quite honest. Um, I think Canberra Croatia found themselves uh, getting into uh, a lot of space in behind the defence in that last 10 minutes, and it all seemed a little bit uh, too easy. Um, and it's a tough loss for West Canberra Wanderers to take, and they're, they're in a really bad place at the moment. They've lost their last five. Um, you know, we were talking about how great uh, of a team they looked, you know, uh, over, over a month ago, uh, being in the top four, picking up big wins. Uh, but it seems that, as though that they're in a very bad rut and they've almost done a complete U-turn on their form that they were displaying early, earlier in the season, which is, which is sad to see. But um, to focus on uh, Canberra-Croatia, obviously they're top of the league by one point at the, as the league table shows, uh, albeit Tigers FC still have uh, three games uh, in hand over them in, in second. Uh, Russ, what, what was your thoughts uh, on this result uh, for, for Canberra Croatia? It's obviously uh, a big win uh, for them. It gives them a lot of confidence, uh, two wins on the trot. And on the flip side, you've got a West Canberra Wanderers outfit that are really, really struggling at the moment. Look, I think 5-0 was probably a bit harsh in the end on West Canberra Wanderers. You mentioned the three goals in the last 10 minutes. I'm not surprised it happened because... When West Canberra Wanderers would look at their goal difference, it was minus 10 heading into the game. And those above them, Balconnell were on minus two, um, but Monero were on minus one. So they were already behind on the goal difference yeah. scenario. And I think at 2-0, the key goal was Nick Tonesky's second. Ulysses De Silva's looked at his bench and he's thrown on Lachlan Harrington. He's thrown on uh, Marco Yadrich. He's taken off a couple of defenders. Uh, he's, he's, gone for, he's gone for a result and he's needed to get one. And he's thrown, it, he's thrown everything at it. It didn't work for him. Um, yeah. And as you know, against Canberra Croatia, you leave gaps, you're going to get picked off. They can exploit them very well. I think that's why the scoreline blew out at the end. It was a bit harsh on them. Uh, to be fair, though, Canberra Croatia deserved the win. They were the better side for the majority of it. Um, Daniel Barrett probably should have scored before he did. Um, took his header really well. Uh, one of the key moments was at 1-0. Um, Blaise Vlaslowski got in round the back, didn't he? And then he volleyed yeah. that one over the crossbar when it was a good chance for him. Um they didn't create much, but they had some good spells. West Canberra Wanderers, even when it was two nil, but that was the key for me. It went two, and then of course, when when they went looking for it, they got picked off. Now, what tactically? And again, this is just my own personal opinion. Sat there with Paul Townsend. We're looking at it, and they're trying to play out from the back, the Wanderers, and it's admirable that they're doing so. But time and time again, some of the passes on the weekend were too short, or they were played to players under pressure. Yeah. Um, whether it be from Mason Interlandi in goal or from the defenders, you've only got to look at the, the Daniel Colbertaldo goal, which is a square ball across the face of your own ball. 
uh, box, which you never do, got picked off and Cole Batado tucked it away. Now, it's admirable that they were trying to play that and trying to keep possession, but sometimes I think Dean Greenwich had an ace up his sleeve there. He had obviously studied that and he got the press, the high press up really quickly on that short ball out and time and time again, they turned it over. And when you give possession like that to Canberra, Croatia, they're going to hurt you. You mentioned the league table, one point ahead, they're top. That's all that matters at the moment. And what that does do is even though the Tigers do have three games in hand, all of a sudden it starts to put that little bit of uh, doubt in the mind. They'll go to Riverside on Wednesday, Tigers. If they lose that, and it's an if, they're still a point behind, but it's now only two games in hand. Mm-hmm. Then they play Gungahlin United, which is not a gimme at the AIS. If they lose that, they're still a point behind. So they one game in hand. Obviously, it's in there. It's in there. Um... Then they play Gungahlin United again. Correct? Yes, After they do. That, yeah. Yeah, in the, uh, catch-up. Uh, the catch-up game. That's what I meant, the catch-up game. Um, yeah. So if they lose their games in hand, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they will because they're in great form at the moment and they could quite easily win them both and put this outside. But it does put that little bit of pressure on. And that's all that Canberra Croatia can do. They can just keep winning their games and just hope something comes up on, on the uh, flip side for them. That's right. Uh, Matt, any any final thoughts at all before we move into the uh, round 18 predictions? No, I think you guys mostly just covered it. I just thought it was a very, very impressive uh, game for Canberra Croatia. Good to see uh, Daniel Colbertalo as well on the score sheet. I know he struggled with a few injuries this season. He's, he looked like he's coming back to in, in, into his form and that's uh, that sort of helps... Uh, That'll help Canberra Croatia, won't it, heading into finals time when uh, you've been in a bit of a rut and you can call upon someone like Daniel Cobbletalbo yeah. to come uh, come back for it. I don't know if you guys listened to it, but Paul Townsley was with me and yeah. they brought oh. Jason Ugrinich off the bench and then they brought Daniel Cobbletalbo off the bench and then they brought Marco Verkic off the bench <laughs> and Paul Townsley's just laughing next to me going, just the quality that they've got. Um, you know, at some stages this season for the Eagles, he's had... 15 and 16 year olds sat on the bench room in his Canberra Croatia, bringing off players that have played 100 and, 150 Premier League games each. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's just incredible that what they've got there, and uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I think it showed in the result in the end. It certainly did. And before we get into this uh, round 18 uh, predictions and previews, Russ, we have a, a couple of MPL one uh, catch up matches first. Yeah, we do tomorrow night. Um, Greenway, Tuggeron United versus Canberra Big Seven o'clock Bar TV Sports. Myself and Ian Worthington will take you through that one. And then Wednesday night, Monero Panthers versus Tigers FC. The man to my right, Matt Nicoletti, will join me on the balcony at the Riverside so, to talk you through the Battle of the Big Cats Part Four. Is it something uh, like that? Three. They played in the cup, didn't they? Is it three now? It's yeah. part four because of the cup, yeah. 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 Anyway, so, so lots of lots of games coming up this week. So those two are midweek. Uh, plenty of football for you. And then we do it all again next Saturday. There certainly is. It certainly is. And as this airs, don't forget it's uh, Tuesday the 10th, census night. So it's, yeah, census, census night. night. So, so it's tomorrow. Census, so again, do your census <laughs> whilst yeah. watching Tuggerong United play Canberra Olympic from the Greenway. <laughs> You want a bit of inspiration this man right here is Andy and Worthington are the other men to do it. All right, let's get straight into it. Round 18, West Canberra Wanderers, Canberra Olympic. Saturday, August 14th, 1.15 p.m. at Melrose Synthetic. This one is a very big one for both sides. Um, for Canberra Olympic, because if uh, if they can get themselves a win midweek against Tuggerong, let's not forget the midweek ones are always the hardest. Uh, to, 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 to win, especially if you're the favourite. Um, if they can get a win and they get another win, they'll, they'll be, uh, you know, close enough to um, that top four. And that's more where they will want to be 
In terms of West Canberra, like you mentioned, five losses in a row or they haven't won in five, something like that. This is big for them. They need to do it, especially if they want to make the final four. Must win for both sides. The momentum, I know they didn't win on the weekend, but for me, it just seems like uh, the Canberra Olympic have more momentum at the moment. I'm going to say Canberra Olympic victory. How about you, Michael? Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there, Matt. Uh, I'm going to go for a, um, an Olympic uh, W. Uh, it, it's tough because West Canberra Wanderers are in a, are in a very difficult situation at the moment. Um, and, I mean, to go through five losses in a row, you really have to sort of G the players up uh, for this weekend. Uh, they, they need to turn that narrative around. Uh, they need to get themselves back uh, in the winner's circle. But I think Canberra Olympic, they obviously have a very good opportunity to get two wins uh, on the trot, and that's going to put them straight back into finals contention. So I'm going to go for uh, Canberra Olympic. Any thoughts on this one, Ross? Yeah, I think you're both spot on. Whoever wins this one's right in a good place, yeah. aren't they? Because I think the Panthers go to Croatia on the weekend, but Conan hosts the Tigers. So there's quite a chance that they would both lose those. So if West Canberra won, they'd be on 22 points um, with, with Belco on 23, Monero on 24. If Olympic win in midweek and this one, they'll be on 23, level with Belconnen, um, just behind you would imagine on goal difference, but a point behind Monero as well. So this is crucial for the top four aspirations for both these sides. And I think we're going to see that in, in the outcome. And I think the braver manager wins here. Whoever puts the, uh, the onus on attacking, this one's going to come away with the points. Next up, we have Belconnen United Tigers FC, Sunday, 14th of August. Sorry, Saturday, 14th of August, 3 p.m. at McKellar Park. Uh, this is uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how Tigers go because they have back they have a couple of back to back matches straight away. They play Wednesday, then they play Saturday, then they play Wednesday again. Then um, then they will play Saturday or Sunday again, and they have one more catch up match as well. So who knows when that'll happen? If that happens again, there's going to be quite a bit of backup and and playing such a short time frame, they might you know end up dropping points when a lot of people didn't think that they were going to drop any more points until the end of the season. So it's going to be interesting if they can get, if they can win every match from here until the, uh, to the end of the season with all those backups back to back to back, that'll be pretty impressive for the Tigers. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but I, I, they definitely have the momentum heading into this one against Belconnen United. Like you mentioned, uh, Belconnen United just weren't able to create a lot against uh, Monaro Panthers and Tigers are just as, solid defensively as Monaro are and lethal on the counter. I'm going to go with a Tigers FC victory. Michael? I'm going to go for a Tigers FC win as well. I believe they've won seven matches uh, in a row uh, in all competitions. And it obviously started with that FFA Cup uh, victory over uh, Monero. And since then, they've just been on an absolute uh, tear. And I just expect them to continue that form. They're the most informed uh, team in the competition. They're the best team in the competition as currently uh, constructed and I'm going to go with them uh, to get the win. Any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think Belconnen will give them a hard game here. I think this is this is one of the tricky ones for the Tigers to get through um, and, and they can't really afford to well, they can afford to lose a couple but I don't think they'll want to in terms of momentum. They're, they're playing really well at the moment, aren't they? There's goals everywhere in that team and um, they have Nick Popovich back now, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, so that will bolster their striking racks. This will be our live game on Bar TV Sports on Saturday afternoon. Uh, make sure you tune in for that one. Should be a cracker. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I think it should be a good game between uh, two reasonable sides who are, who are in, in good form themselves. And um, please say that Grace Gill will be joining me for this one. 
um, uh, Michaela Park on Saturday afternoon. So tune in for that. The Dream Team's back. <laughs> Next up, we have Canberra Croatia against Monaro Panthers Sunday, August 15th, 3 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. This should be a feisty affair. The other couple of matches were pretty close. They were close matches, very feisty, some very uh, tough challenges in, all- in both of them. I'm going to say, I think I'm going to say a draw here. Monaro looking pretty good form. Canberra Croatia fight, starting to find their form again as well. I'm going to say a draw here and maybe one or two apiece. It's uh, it's hard to separate these two sides at the moment. Michael? I'm actually going to go for a Monero uh, win uh, in this one. I have a feeling that they're going to come away from Deakin Stadium with three points. I just like the football that they're playing at the moment. They're playing with a lot of confidence. They've got the four wins uh, on the trot. Uh, they've got a lot to play for in terms of cementing a top four um, uh, position, uh, getting ready for finals. So, I mean, Cameron Croatia, though, on the other hand, two wins in a row. We talk about how they've turned a little bit of a corner as well. Um, but it's a very important game again, I, I feel, for Monero just to uh, get three points, uh, especially when they have a game, like you boys mentioned, against uh, Tigers FC to to run back with. So, um, I'm going to go for a Monero win. Any thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is going to be a cracker, isn't it? I mean, about six weeks ago, we had uh, the Thomas James return and send-off in this exact fixture, Deacon Stadium. Yep. I understand there's an appeal process in place for um, the other ban that may have happened with the incident afterwards. So if that comes through, I think he's available this weekend, which will add a little bit of I don't know for certain. I'll have to check all that for you, but um, that'll be interesting if he is. Look, either way, I mean, this is always a, a good match, isn't it? Monero Panthers have only ever won once at Deakin Stadium in about 15 or 16 visits, so they'll be very much the underdogs here. However, they're in good form, and I'm looking forward to this one. David Jordan, former Capital Football Media Manager and former Media Manager of the Mariners, will join me for this one at Deakin at 3 o'clock on Sunday. Um, I think, like you do, Matt, there will be lots of goals in this one, and It'll be well worth tuning in to see what happens. Next up, we have Gungahlin United against Tuggerong United. Sunday, August 15th, 3 p.m. at Canberra 201. I'm going to say a Gunners victory here, but if Tuggerong United can take advantage of a midweek fixture, which is always, uh, like I said, it's always difficult for the favourite, then maybe they give themselves a bit, of a, a bit of an opportunity in this one. I just think when Gungahlin get ticking, as we saw on the weekend... They're a very hard team to stop. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Gagali United victory. Michael? Yeah, well, it looks as though I've picked all the away teams uh, for the uh, round of fixtures uh, this yeah. week. So I'm going to go for a Gagali United uh, win. Uh, like I mentioned um, previously, uh, they're, in, they're in good form at the moment. Um, I think considering in a game where you've, um, managed to come back from a 2-0 deficit and win um, kind of shows the sort of fight and spirit and character that your squad uh, possesses and you need that um, as one of the biggest teams uh, in the competition. Uh, and, and we all know Tuggeranong United struggles. I don't have to get into it too much, uh, but uh, I'm going for a Gungahlin United victory uh, to get the three points uh, and keep themselves uh, in and around that uh, third spot, but maintaining a bit of pressure uh, uh, as well. Russ? Yeah, I mean, Tuggerong, you'd think, have to win a game at some stage. I mean, I don't believe that they're that bad and they go through the whole season without a win. So they've got to win somewhere. I mean, maybe this is the weekend. I mean, Gungahlin looked vulnerable um, 
defensively, even though we were talking about how well they've done individually. Um, in the first half an hour on the weekend, they looked very vulnerable and they got got at. Togadong's main issue, as it's been all year, is putting the ball in the net. Um, they've had plenty of chances to do so in games that they've lost. Well, Conlon Rose recently, when they should have been three up in quarter of an hour, really, and lost the game 2-0. So it's all to do with the start. Whoever gets the first goal, as you mentioned, Michael, if, if, if can Garland go ahead, um, heads might drop for Togadong because it's been a long, difficult season. And um, I think they'll be happy to see the end of it. They'll still fight because they're mathematically knocked down, but it's going to be a long way back from them from here. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. MPLW rejoining me. It's been a couple of weeks. Matty Moore, glad to have you back. How you been, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Great to be back. Yeah, first time in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to talking some, some more football with uh, some of my bolder claims in the last few weeks. Looking pretty miserable for uh, Gungahlin in particular, proving me wrong. So... Now nah, ready to uh, be wrong all over again. So yeah, good. Yeah, I did get the. Me- yeah, it was funny when we got the message uh, when you messaged me during one of those matches saying, "Geez, I got that right, didn't I?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, that 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 that's the questions you were asking. You were asking if they could cut, uh, step up to the occasion, and they have recently. But we'll save that for that match. Let's start uh, chronologically. The only Saturday match, and uh, because Belco, the only ones where their home matches are on Saturdays mostly. Belcon United, very impressive 6-0 victory over Canberra Olympic. Price, Ewan, Thornton, Johnson, and Bomford with a brace. Maddie, like I mentioned, huge for Belconnen as they want to stay in line with Canberra Croatia. Of course, they're still three points behind, but they need to keep the pace just in case Canberra Croatia slip up. More importantly, it was just such an impressive performance in general from them. Bomford's uh, brace now puts her in the top five of the goal scoring chart, actually. Uh, and uh, Michaela Thornton's goal, absolutely classic Michaela Thornton, driving herself into the box. And instead of just a, a massive boot or a thunderbolt, just a nice little dink in the bottom left-hand corner. Uh, well, I thought I wrote down how many goals uh, Bomford scored, but I didn't. It is, I just quickly looked it up. It is 13 goals. Like I mentioned, she's now in the top five of the goal scoring chart. In terms of Canberra Olympic, not the best day at the office for them. Uh, biggest concern for Olympic now is they are officially out of the top four as it stands right now. Only two points off it though. So they'll, they won't be hitting the panic button or anything like that anytime soon. Uh, but they, to be fair to them, they were facing Belcon United. That seemed like a bit of a steam train at the moment. Matty Moore, what do you think about this one? Impressive from Belcon. Yeah, it was. I was lucky enough to be out there on, on, on Saturday as well, just uh, sitting in the stands. And the the start from, from Belcon, I think, told the story, you know, with Price scoring in the first four, four minute, four, five minutes of the game, really set the tone and seemed to really deflate Canberra Olympic really, really early on, especially on the back of, you know, probably a bit of heartbreak last week um, for them. And and Sam Price in particular in the last couple of weeks has been a really valuable addition to that lineup and um, and how they've gone about it. Her her mobility and creativity has been has been brilliant. And she's someone that that's always had that potential to to unpick defenses, not necessarily just from a goal scoring point of view, but being out of um being out of play other people in and and find those those little gaps to to play that killer ball or or develop that combination. So she's been a really important addition, especially with um, Katie Woodman being in the other team with a little bit of injury as well. So she provides you know more than adequate cover in that space. And young Ewan steps up to the plate again. You know you mentioned Thornton's goal. 
Um, I actually cursed her a bit before the goal because she gave the ball away, and I thought it was terrible. And she would have appreciated that. That sort of yeah. made her want to <laughs> made her made it make her want to score uh, again. Yeah, she turned the ball over, and I thought it was ridiculous. And two seconds later, she's putting it in the back of the net. So maybe that's why I'm not a coach anymore. Um, but yeah, look, for for Olympic, it was a hard day at the office, and and you you sort of got the feeling, especially one um, nil was going to be hard at two nil. That was a killer, and and that. Thornton goal right on half time. They made it three 0 right on half time. That's a anytime you concede it right on half time, it's a bit of a killer. Um, and both teams actually came out a little bit sluggish and a little bit flat in that second second half. And then you know Belcotton came came home again with a with a bit of a flourish. And uh, the thing that's probably concerning Olympic a little bit there was that they um, they just weren't really in the contest. Like they didn't they didn't threaten as much as. As we would have expected them to see, the the sort of linkages uh, through through the line to them weren't there, and and they were probably a little bit too easily stretched um, from their their midfield to their defensive block, and and that'll raise some concerns for the coaching staff there. But you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, you have an off week, um, that's fine. They're not out of the race for for finals, and I need them to come through with a good. So my prediction still makes sense. <laughs> so you know. Uh, I think there's still there's still quite a bit to play, but yeah. as we know now, they're running out of time, and on the outside looking in, they're going to have to fix it pretty pretty quick. Yeah, that's two losses in a row now for Canberra Olympic. Uh, next week, next week they have uh, Canberra Croatia. So if sort of history and it repeats itself, and they're not able to get a victory over those two big sides, and that's three in a row, and if just looking at the ladder now, if Woden, let's just say hypothetically, if everything goes wrong for Olympic, Woden get a victory and then they'll end up in sixth place. That might put, you know, might cause a little bit of concern for them there. What do you think uh, Olympic need to do to sort of, uh, sort of uh, test, you know, to sort of uh, get past these next, uh, this next week or so? It's going to be a very important time for not just them, everyone in that race between third to sixth. Yeah, I think that the big key for Olympic is probably for the last couple of weeks has been that defensive pressure in the in the middle of the pitch, so in that in that midfield area, and even go back a, a few weeks ago where they they were thoroughly outplayed by the academy in in the first half, um, and it was all around the the speed of the academy's midfield and the press in there and and the drop off from Olympic, and then in the second half it turned around their press and their tightness through their through their middle line actually created all the problem and all the havoc so it really seems to be really centrally located in that midfield area if they can get immediate pressure on that ball that'll allow them to to win it and release your Vanderbushes and your Sykes really early before the other team get their defensive structures reset and I think that's the key for them they need to win that ball you know through that midfield area as quick as possible and create a bit of chaos going the other way they don't want to be up against structured defense because their midfield at the moment you know no offense to them hasn't been the most creative in the last couple of weeks so the best thing for them is to to win it and go fast um almost like a a, a mini counter attack sort of aspect for for them and I, and I think that's going to be the key they've got to shut the ball in the middle of the park um, because that back four is getting more and more stretched every week, despite the quality that, they, that they've got in there. And unfortunately there's some question marks over the goalkeeping aspect in there, in there as well. So the higher you win it up the park, the, the less pressure you're putting though, that, that group of five at the back under. 
And let's move on to a team like you put before that uh, you were sort of uh, doubting before, and they've uh, they've uh, pr- pr- proved you uh, you wrong a little. And uh, to be fair, though, considering the form they were in, the questions uh, needed to be asked. And I'm sure they were asking themselves all that. And they've really have bounced back the last couple of weeks. That's Gungahlin United. And they, they now find themselves in third place. Uh, sensational six in terms of the goal. 6-0 over Wagga City Wanderers. Nat DeMarco with two goals. Jade Brown with a goal. Penny Field with a hat trick. Yeah, like I mentioned, not only was it big in terms of the scoreline, they now find themselves in third place with a healthy, healthy goal difference. Even when they were in sixth place, they had a better goal difference than the three or four teams that were above them. So that always helped them. No Bridget Sander anymore. She is now off to America to play in the college uh, system. That's a massive achievement. And the college is Concord University in in, uh, West Virginia. So best of luck to her. Um, Not the best day at the office for Wagga City Wanderers, but like we mentioned uh, last week, especially, like we saw in that game against uh, Tuggies, they got another two injuries. Uh, I'm not sure on the updates of them, but... If they keep gaining injuries and that sort of and those sort of things sort of happened, happen, it just seems like fate and luck and all that isn't going Wagga City's wonder Wagga City Wanderers way any uh, at the moment so far this season. It's just going to be even more difficult, but they're always going to keep fighting. And I'm sure they will next week as well. Uh, what do what did you think about this one, Matty? Yeah, look, probably the only problem with doing your podcast is that everybody knows when I'm wrong. So that's <laughs> that's, that's the only downside. So. Um, Look, Gungahl and impressive. impressive. Uh, they they really, really were. Um, yesterday, it was nice to see Nat DeMarco in particular work herself into some spaces and let her technique sort of really shine. Uh, great finish from Jade Brown too for her goal. She really struck that sweetly. I was very impressed with that. And Pennyfield with a hat-trick, what, what can you say? The, the, the thing that really stood out for me for Gungahl was that... Um, it's the first time in a long time I've actually seen Maddie Percival really drive from the back line and overload the midfield as much as she did. Whether that was the circumstances of the game or whether that's, you know, by design because that's what they're, they're trying to drive now. But she really had an impact in asking those Wagga uh, City defenders different questions. Um, you know, is that midfield going to step on? If the midfielder steps on, does a defender step up, step on it, and just the overload that she naturally created, and and her distribution was was reasonably good as well. So that that was really pleasing to see because that's something that we we haven't seen as much of um, so far this year. But you know they're they're doing everything that they can. They're ticking all the boxes uh, now um, in terms of racking up the goals. And when they win, they do tend to win big. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, and a, and a couple of tricky games still still to come. For them, but they look in control, and, and the great thing for them is that they're in control of their own destiny as well. They're not they're not relying on somebody else to to slip up and and make something happen uh, for them. So Diego must be absolutely pleased, and you know, on the back of the the midweek game that they had against Canberra Croatia, where they were. They were close too, you know. They were very, very close. I, there. I was, I was saying this on the, uh, I was saying this on the, um, in the when we recorded the MPL one and two just before in terms of tuggering in the men's and Olympic, they're going to play midweek matchup on Tuesday. And even though Olympic are the favourites, I mentioned uh, that match right there that you just mentioned, saying that, and even like uh, Tigers and Tuggerong, I believe it was Russ and I did that earlier on, where the fa- it, the midweek matches rarely help the favorites in the matchup. It, it re- they rarely do, whether it's because everyone's been working all day or they got to back up 
in between uh, in between the week. Like Tigers have to back up like four times now, considering all the uh, the matches or three times or something like that. Like that, those matches rarely were uh, the the backups rarely always favor the favorites. So, like you mentioned there, they did very well, and it they nearly got a draw out of it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they were no desperately they were desperately unlucky, really. Um, at the end there, but yeah, yeah full credit to Gungar for, for Wagga City. You know, it's 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 rough. You know, a uh, couple more injuries does that. We, we knew they were, you know, even halfway through the season they were having problems with injuries, but the fact that they they turn up and there there's a lot of there's still a lot of grit there. And, and imagine now it's all about the planning for next year. So what you're doing is you're, you're setting your training sessions and you're setting your match targets based on what you want to do in 2022. Um, and, and seeing a little bit of success. And, you know, the, there's still patches in every game where they where they look threatening, where they look like they're going to do some damage. And, and that's the pleasing thing. You know, they're not they're not turning up. And you might read 6-0 and, and think it was a walkover and they didn't do anything. But there's still patches in games where they, they look more than capable. And it's just a matter of creating a bit like, you know, I've said about Tugger on previously you know it's just about creating more of those moments for them and and a bit of repetition and and you just hope they get through the rest of the year unscathed and they're able to you know reset rebuild and have a good preseason and and show their true colors come come 2022 and you mentioned tugger on next up we have them against canberra croatia six nil for canberra croatia palombi uh, with a goal gill with a brace hagen with a brace and fogarty with a goal as well uh, sort of a similar story between Canberra Croatia last when uh, last visit to Canberra. It took them until the last twenty minutes uh, to score the majority of the goals. Goals four of them, I believe. Something similar happened to when I think it was Russ and Jeremy were there last. Something similar happened in that regard. I don't think Paulo Romero is in charge at that point yet. Um, Jenny uh, Jenny Bissett, uh, from what I saw from the the goal, she was the driving force as she has been all season in terms of getting that ball forward and uh, starting the play in that regard. Uh, Grace Gill, recently, the last month or so, she's been on fire. That brace puts her on 14 goals, fourth place in the uh, leader scoring charts. And the first was particularly great. Classic Grace Gill, great strike from her. Her Palombi, uh, the, that goal gives her a two-point, two-goal buffer now over Ashley Sykes at the top of the goal-scoring chart. Hagen, uh, two fantastic goals. It seems like she can only she scored quite a few this season, being that a uh, little uh, bit of a further position, further forward position since Bissett's there in the holding role. And at the moment, she seems like she can only score uh, great goals at at the moment. And it was also good to see Olivia Fogarty as well on the score sheet. Uh, considering all the uh, work she does off the ball, especially in those uh, big matches. And Tuggeranong, on the other hand, hot off the heels of their first win of the season. It was always going to be a tough task against Canberra Croatia. And like we mentioned in the previous matchup that they had against them, they did well to hold them out for as long as they did. But for them, they're going to be looking for these uh, positives and keep building on it. Maddie, before we talk about Canberra Croatia... You haven't been on the show since last week, where Tuggies got their first win, and it was a well-deserved one. What do you think about what do you think about that? Oh, man, it was it, it was brilliant. Like that's one of the the happiest, you know, from a neutral point of view that that I've been in a in a women's game. You know, I, I mentioned when I think it was when they played West Canberra, and, and my heart just broke for them. With, you know, sort of the the last second stuff that that cost them, and and the relief for that whole group. Would have just been immense. You know, nobody wants to go through a season 
without a without a win. Um, and it probably helps validate a lot of what Paolo Romero has has done. And I think I've mentioned a couple of times that when he came in, he said to the players, give me a month, let me show you what I can do. And and the proof is in the pudding, you know, they've been super competitive since he got there. He's changed a couple of things. They're tactically more aware. They're they're really keeping to some good structures. They've had a little bit of Good fortune with some of their their key players in terms of injury. They've been able to get a consistent team out on the out on the park, and and there really is positive signs there for for them. And and they really need to start thinking about locking down the majority of this group, um, and then looking to see where they can build for for next year because there's a good base there. Um, and and I'm not sure what Paolo Romero's status is there in terms of next year or, or things like that. But you would you would certainly like to think that he's done enough to, you know, plead his case for for a full season next year and a, and a chance to really implement a, what he wants over over a preseason period. So I was beyond stoked for 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 Tuggerong and you know I know a couple of you know I've been fortunate enough to coach some of the players there um, previously like Zoe Terry and stuff like that and I, and I know how much that that victory would have, would have meant to them and you know full credit to Tuggerong they could. Have, packed it in with all the drama that they've had this year, but they've battled through and, and they've got the win. And, you know, like I said, it's good foundations for them for, for next year as well. It's just a matter of retention now and a, and a little bit of uh, recruitment at the same time. And, and I think they'll be, they'll be asking some questions of some, some of the big dogs next year. Yeah. And in terms of uh, Canberra Croatia, what did you think about them today? I'm sorry, on Sunday. Yesterday. Yeah. Oh, the big red machine just keeps on chugging along, doesn't it? Um, you know they would, they'd be happy. They've done enough. I, th- I think for them at the moment, it's it's probably. I mean, I know they've still got the Belcon and the United game to to come in a couple of weeks' time, but for them, it's it's just about not slipping up more than anything else. And probably for for Nick Brosnich and the crew, just just fine tuning um, a couple of things here or there. Uh, they didn't panic. You know, one nil was enough for them, and and I know they came home with a flurry in the in the seventieth minute, but. If you go back and watch some of those goals too, Tuggeronk's probably kicking themselves for at least three of them where, you know, there's one where the keeper and the defender's miscommunication. There's that, there's at least another two where they just didn't clear the ball properly. So, you know, they, they've sort of handed, you know, half the goals to, to Canberra, Croatia. But, you know, solid, you know, the, the fact that the they can play, I guess, at a at an okay rate on a, on a pitch that's not conducive to, to how they want to play and still walk away with six goals is, is really impressive. And, and I'd echo your thoughts on, on Jenny Bissett. I mean, she's been our pick for them. And if, if there's anybody, we're, we're used to seeing Grace Gill drag that team over the line. Right. And, and she's got a buddy there, you know, the XW league buddy as well, who's going to drag that midfield with them as well and, and make the world a difference. And it's hard to see who, who's going to stop them. Like it, it really is at this point. It, it's only going to be because they do something to themselves is the way it looks at the moment, um, as opposed to somebody necessarily flying out of the block, blocks and um, and taking it from them. So really interesting back end of the season for them, I think. And if I'm not mistaken, if this lad is correct, I know they're three points ahead of Belcon United, but the six goals for them means that they are one goal ahead of Belconi United on goal difference. So if it ever does come down to that, at the moment, they have the slight advantage in that regard. Last up, we've got Canberra United Academy. Big win for them over West Canberra Wanderers. This puts Canberra United Academy now in fourth position. 
tied with Gungahl United on points. But of course, Gungahl United, like I mentioned, have quite a considerable goal difference. And that specific goal difference is Gungahl United have plus 23, Canberra United Academy have two. So like I mentioned, very considerable goal difference there. And the goal scorers, Norris, Christofferson and Babich, West Canberra, Sophia Chavera, once again with Two goals, like I mentioned, immense win for Canberra United Academy. Some uh, very good goals. Uh, Christofferson's goal was uh, really good. Norris, good to see her get on the score sheet as well. I believe that's her first of the season. Jeremy and I, uh, especially me, was going on about how well she played and how well she did to sort of mark uh, Palombi out of big stages of that game when United Academy faced uh, Canberra, Croatia, and she ended up with her first goal of the season. And Letitia Babich, what can I say? Just what a fantastic strike that was from her. One of the best goals I've seen all season. A worldie right in the top right corner. Hard-fought uh, performance, though, from West Canberra, who found themselves making a comeback to go 2-1 up, falling, though, in the last 10 minutes. And I forgot to mention that uh, not much they could do about the Babich goal, and that was literally one of the last kicks of the game. That's happened a, a couple times actually this weekend. <laughs> um, it happened in the uh, MPL two as well with Queanbeyan scoring. So it seems to be a theme this weekend in Canberra football: last minute uh, winners or equalizers. West Canberra Wanderers, though, this does keep them out of the top four now, and specifically where that leaves them is in sixth place. They're only four points off the top four though, so if they can get themselves a win next week or soon, they should find themselves back in it but they are a little bit of a, at a disadvantage at the moment. What did you think about this one? A lot, lot, lot went on in this one. Yeah, didn't it ever. Uh, I mean, the, the result for West Canberra and Sion is probably disappointing. They, they would have been begging for at least a point out of that, and they probably thought they had it until Miss Babish decided to unleash a right-footed rocket. Um, look, the academy probably had control for, for most of the game, and... And though West Canberra certainly looked threatening, um, again, they, you know, that the loose ball and the balls in the air when you've got uh, people like Maguire and um, and McKenzie looking to, to release those things and uh, release the players. And from uh, just that, they're a hard team to play to because they're, they are so aggressive on the run. They're, they're almost like, a, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, they're almost like a more disorganised version of Bill Conan, who also really like to run and charge with that ball. Um, but it's a little bit bit chaotic in there, and they, but they've got their, they've found their number nine. There's there's no doubt about that. And, you know, she's been given two opportunities and and, and taken them brilliantly well. The, the first one, um, I don't, I don't even know how it made its way through there. You go back and you watch that goal and she's the only West Canberra player there surrounded by four or five academy players. Um, the, the coaching staff at the academy probably were pulling their hair out a little bit there. And and then again, an uncharacteristic error by um, Steffi Nikias, I think it was, at the at the back maybe, uh, who, who very generously played West Canberra through for, for their second goal. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe she, older, she owed her uh, older brother Demi, who was playing for West Canberra. Um, some some money or something at at home, so had to had to fix her up. Um, but for the academy, look, they they continue to soldier on. Not a um, not one of their most complete performances in terms of of two way, but certainly 
well controlled, answered the questions that they needed to. You know, full credit to um, to Norris there with her goal. Uh, watching watching back and and seeing the goal, she's you know just just really kind of slotted in a little bit like the Thornton goal um, for Bill Connor. You know, no no fast no mass. It was it was really quite simple and really easy for her and. The, the lead-up play for the academy in their second goal for Christopherson's goal. You know, it started right at the back and they swept through and and how Christopherson gets that much room in that back line on her own. You know, quality ball from Meg Roden to, to find her in and then 1v1, she's she slotted it. And to continue to to, to push for the academy and, and that ball loop around and, and find Babbage, who, who's took a, taken a touch and hit an absolute worldie and, you know, credit to the to the officials as well because they got it right. We've we've seen in big games, you know, not just big NPL games, but like we're talking World Cup games where that that's been wrong. Yep. Um, and and credit to them for nailing that and, and getting that right. And 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 quite quite pleased for Babbage. I mean, this is a this is a young girl with with immense talent who, when she was about fourteen, had her ankle absolutely shattered in a brutal tackle. Um, and it's been a long road back for her she's she's a smart footballer she's a smart kid with all the talent in the world you know she lost 12 months of her you know young footballing life and looks like she's now starting to find her groove again and and if she can you know with her and Roden and Grove in the middle of the park that's a it's not a midfield you you want to be dealing with uh, too much if you come up against them in the finals so yeah well done to the academy let's see how that can go this weekend. We've got some big matches this weekend. Let's go into round 18 previews and predictions. Wagga City Wanderers, West Canberra Wanderers, Sunday, August 15th, 2.30 p.m. at Gissing Oval. Like I mentioned, it's going to be tough for Wagga with all the injuries that they are accumulating at the moment. And it is a must win for Canberra if they want to stay in this top four race. I'm going to say West Canberra. How about you, Matty? Yeah, I'm going to concur with you there. I just just think the... Everything that that Wagga City have got to deal with at the moment, it's just a little too much, and and the desperation for West Canberra, I'm assuming, will be there. Given uh, they would have wanted at least a point, because um, if they don't get something here, it's probably season done for them, to be honest. And next up, Canberra Olympic against <clears throat> Canberra Croatia, Sunday, August fifteenth, two thirty p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed. I'm going to say Canberra Croatia victory. Like you mentioned, the big red machine, they're a bit too hard to stop at the moment, but I'm sure Canberra Olympic will work on what went wrong for them uh, defensively and uh, in the midfield against Belconnen United. They'll put in a good performance here, but Canberra Croatia, it's it, it's just going to be hard for teams to stop them at the moment. How about you, Matty? Yeah, give me the, the big red machine there. I mean, the, the, only, the only reason I can see them dropping points here is because they've got one eye ahead to the to next week to round 19's contest that's that's the only way I can I can see it happening I just can't see how Olympic break them down enough to score enough goals to to win the game and next up we have Gungahlin United Belconnen United Sunday August 15th 3pm at Gungahlin enclosed oval I'm assuming the pitch is okay now otherwise I'll put it on the other side of Gungahlin enclosed like that match was a couple of weeks ago against uh, Canberra Croatia in the midweek one. This is going to be interesting because Gungahlin and I, like we mentioned, they have improved uh, quite a bit over the last two, three weeks. They're really starting to click. If this was like two, three weeks ago, it would be, it would, you could say comfortably Belconnen United, but you can't say comfortably Belconnen United anymore. I still think they'll win it, but it's going to be a very close matchup. 
probably closer than the first time these two teams met at the start of the season. How about you, Matty? Yeah, look, I was, a few weeks ago, I would have just hands down said said Bill Conan, um, no doubt about that. And I'm, I'm getting ever closer and closer to jumping on the Gunners bandwagon, given given that even though I wrote them off. <laughs> complete 180, complete 180. Yeah, even though I wrote them off a few weeks ago. Uh, look, I think it's massive for Gungahlin, mate. They'll, they'll want points. They'll want to win to keep that momentum. And, and of course, Belconnen, they can't afford to drop points. You, you've heard, you know, Michael say it. You've heard Michaela Thornton say it. We've just got to keep winning. Um, and I think the desperation of both teams will, will make for a really intense contest. Might be a little bit scrappy. Uh, but I reckon we're looking at a draw for this one. Yeah. All right. There we go. Canberra United Academy against Tuggerong United Sunday. August 15th, 3 p.m. at Hawker Football Centre. This is going to be an interesting one because there was a 1-1 draw between these two uh, middle uh, in the round two fixtures of matches. It could, yeah, it had to be because Paulo Romero was still there, uh, was there in charge at that time. And Tuggies played well in that one, could have got a victory there. United Academy, like it's another must win for them if they want to stay in this race as well. I'm just looking at the table now. Maybe if they lose... Or draw, maybe they'd maybe they'd still be okay considering that they've given themselves a five point gap over West Canberra, two point gap over Canberra Olympic. But for them to sort of solidify themselves, they need to win this weekend. I'm going to say see you away. But in saying that though, after uh, Tuggies would still be filled with uh, a lot of confidence after their win against Wagga. How about you, Matty? Yeah, I, I think the academy just sneak home here. I just I wonder if um, as exciting as Tuggeronk's win was a couple of weeks ago, they've been brought back down to earth a bit by Canberra Croatia and and whether they can just get themselves up enough uh, for this game. I think you said it's at Hawker, yeah? So Hawker Football Centre, 3pm. Yeah, pitch is significantly bigger, uh, which is going to play into to, to the academy's hand. So I think they win um, and, and also, yeah, give themselves that, that buffer from five and six. All right, Maddie. Thank you very much for joining me. Before you head off, any any last words? You you're you're filling in for me covering the uh, matchup, Bengali United, Belconnen United, I believe. Correct with Jeremy? Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, I'm hopeful by picking a draw, I won't have to wear a disguise, given my my slanderous comments from <laughs> against Gungahlin in recent weeks. Uh, really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, more than happy to fill in on on that one and. And I think as we get to these last couple of weeks, uh, that that top four is just going to be a an absolute epic battle. I mean, every game is going to matter. You know, I know we've got the the big one in a in a couple of weeks that will essentially decide who who the league champion is. But every flow on effect, you know, the Croatia and the Olympic game has an impact on the top four. Gungahlin and Academy West Canberra, they're, they're all in it. It's exactly what we wanted at the start of the year, right? Like, there's been complaints for for ages that you might have a bit of a tussle for four. Um, but the the three are normally settled. So this is probably the most exciting sort of season of football for for a neutral like like myself. And and long may it continue. And hopefully a couple more last minute screamers uh, this week as well. That would be great to see, Maddie. Thank you very much for joining me as always. All right, thank you. All right, let's get into some MPL two uh, action. Uh, first off. Uh, we'll kick it off uh, with the team from Wagga. Uh, Wagga City Wanderers uh, getting a win over Yulgali. 
Uh, O'Chang and Stevens getting on the score sheet for the hosts and Priest getting on the score sheet for Gilgali. It's a huge win uh, for Wagga uh, as they were able to claim uh, bragging rights in the uh, so-called Riverina derby uh, over, over Yulgali. Uh, especially when you consider um, they've not fared too well in this fixture uh, so far uh, this season, losing uh, both ties and convince, convincingly losing as well. They were able to make up uh, for those losses. Um, you know, they, they played very well uh, on the day as well, which is always an added bonus. Uh, when you get three points, you always want to play well as well. So they'll be very happy, uh, Wagga, with that performance. Uh, two scorers on the score sheet. Um, they've been staples uh, in their side all, all season. Um, yeah, it was a charity home match as well with the shirts uh, made for the occasion and auctioned off. Uh, for Wellaway's charity, raising 10K of the day. So, I mean, I think we should just give a massive props uh, to that incentive uh, right there. Um, I think that's absolutely fantastic uh, to raise um, the money that they did on the day for such a great cause. Um, I think um, that should get all the love and attention it deserves. Uh, so well done to Wagga City and to Yulgali for... Um, you know, playing the match and having uh, an event like that um, as well uh, to cap off a really uh, fine day in, in the MPL2 out in Wagga. So uh, kudos to both uh, teams. Uh, on the flip side of uh, Wagga, Yulgali, they played they played pretty well from all accounts. Um, they'll obviously just be disappointed that their performance didn't reap any reward. It, it didn't even get them a point. Um, and it means that they're now three points behind White Eagles who have a matchup in hand. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, the result isn't great uh, for them, even though they played well. Uh, and that plays white, right into White Eagles' uh, hands now as well. So we just have to see how they go uh, with that match in hand. Russ, what, what did you think uh, of this result? And I guess just to highlight uh, the the charity raising uh, that they were able to do on the day. It's fantastic yeah. news, isn't it? Brilliant. The, the brilliant initiative from Wagga City Wanderers, and we can only applaud that, and we hope that more clubs take notice and carry on and do do similar things themselves. Um, I thought this was a, a, a or might have been a terminal result for Ugali's top four prospects with a 2-1 loss to Wagga City, considering what's happened. However, looking at the official Capital Football um, League ladders at the moment, Queanbeyan City have been deducted 24 points, so now only have 10 points in fifth, um, which basically means the top four's sorted, isn't it, really? And we take an absolute miracle from here for them to come back in. Um, we won't get into the reasons as to why that is, because officially none have been released, have they? No. We can just see that the points have been deducted, um, which means that Ugali sit on 23 from 16, uh, from 17, and, and where it was, like you say, 26 from 16. Both of them uh, are in the top four now. So this defeat really um, is immaterial for their top four hopes. So at the time, and they didn't know it at the time, of course, um, they would have been scratching their head and going, well, didn't see that coming. Uh, but local derbies do that for you, don't they? And um, Wagga City Wanderers are probably a better football side than what their results suggest at the moment. And this would have given them a huge amount of lift. Uh, unsurprisingly, Luke Stevens amongst the goals again, his ninth of the season. And he, he's their go-to man, isn't he, in, in these situations. And I think you've got to be disappointed they didn't get the result. But, you know, fair play to Dave Leonard and his team. It's only their uh, fourth win of the season, I think, or third win of the season. Um, and they deserve it. Um Great result for them. Great for all the home support to see. And I'm sure they'll dine out on that one for quite some time. But for Ugali, uh, well, they'll look at it and go, well, 
it doesn't really matter to us right now. You mentioned Luke Stevens there has been great all season. Ocheng as well has got himself on the board, or scoreboard quite a few times. Mm. Great stuff with the Wellways uh, charity, raising all the money. That's fantastic to see. And you mentioned the top four sort of being solidified there. In terms of Wagga City Wanderers, on the other hand, though, you mentioned four wins now. That puts them in uh, Does that put sixth them on place. Fifth above Queenian. They're on 12 points now. Because uh, pro- yeah, I don't think this lad has been updated <laughs> in terms of 16 games. So yeah. I think they're on 12 points. So I think they're actually fifth. And they're yeah. above Queen being Western Malonglo and Brinda Bella. Yeah. So and there you go. And if they... Um, pending any appeal from Queenbean, of course. Yeah, And of course, with Western, like we're about to mention, getting a win as well. That puts both teams in very good positions to head into that matchup. And if, uh, considering Wagga City find themselves in fifth, they, if they can get a win on the weekend or if even... Western can get a win on the weekend. They can sort of solidify themselves in uh, better positions than they probably thought they would have been, let's say, a fortnight ago. So it's sort of... Best um, of the rest. Yeah, yeah. Best, best of the rest in, in terms of that. Uh, next up, though, uh, like I mentioned it, Western Belonglo, 5-1, massive victory against the Brindies. Evans with two. Sellers, once again, on the score sheet. He's found himself on the score sheet quite a bit this season. Delali, Albushi... And uh, Lawrence got the goal for the Brindies. Immense win, like I mentioned, for Western Malonglo as the three points now takes them above Brindabella because they were below them on goal difference before that. Solely into seventh position with 10 points, I believe. Uh, yeah, still two points behind Wagga City Wanderers, though, now with that uh, amendment. Would, uh, that would mean that they're tied on points with uh, Queenbian now as well. So... They, that Western would be very, very happy with that performance, especially for them that uh, being able. We've seen glimpses of it from them as well. We all know about their injury issues this season, but they were able to put a whole ninety minutes together here, and it seems like they've reaped the rewards in terms of this performance. Um, uh, Centre back Rory Evans though uh, scored his first goal and his um, second goal as well, so his first brace and his first goal, and apparently one of them. Uh, according to all reports, was a 40-yard cracker. So uh, Get him well, up front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put him up front. Uh, the, and the Brindies, uh, they, look, they'd be lost for words at the moment. This just uh, hasn't been their uh, season. But this fixture especially, they've gotten two wins uh, before today, uh, sorry, before Saturday against Western. So they would have been looking to, at this one as one that they could have won. But uh, it goes astray for them. I guess for them now, they're going to have to put this one behind them and try and finish the season as best as they can. Any thoughts on this one, Russ? Yeah, Brindies were in it, weren't they? Won all at half-time. Rory Evans' goal, Zach Lawrence from the penalty spot, made it one apiece. Um, Good result for Western Malonglo, considering they had to back up from Wednesdays um, or Tuesdays, Wednesdays? 3-0 loss to White Eagles um, in midweek. I know they had a pool session as well because there was no fields open for them. So, Obviously, I, I sent a message to Ned saying lessons learned. Pool sessions take 72 hours or so to kick in, don't they? Because they got out there on the weekend and they looked very rejuvenated. Um, got their goals in the second half and uh, and thoroughly deserved the victory. And as he said, put some level on points with Queen City. And if it stays that way, they only need a 55-goal swing and they'll be above them on goal difference, <laughs> which is going to be funny towards the end of the year. But um, look, I'm pleased for Ned and his team. They've... they've uh, Copped a bit of stick over the last couple of weeks, didn't they? And but they've come back strongly. Um, they were in the game on Wednesday against White Eagles for, for large parts of it, um, and they've got their reward this weekend with a very convincing performance. And nice to see the big centre backs getting a couple of goals, isn't it? Getting them up there and banging them all, and uh, their usual usual crew getting the others. And yeah, hopefully they can kick on for the rest of the year. And in terms of uh, the Brindies, yeah, Brindy Bella, they'll be disappointed because they'd have looked at this one and gone, "This is one we can win." Um, I, I go back to the mid-season transfer window, which has hurt 
Zoran Glavinic quite hard. He's lost a lot of his more experienced yeah. players from that group. Um, losing your top scorer as well. Ones as well yeah. yeah, losing your top scorer to Belcon and hurt him as well. So for them, though, it's all about um, you know just kicking on for them, see what they can find at the end of the season. And I think you might find that Zoran might blood even more young boys before the end of the campaign in preparation for next year's MPL2 push. Uh, and Michael, our next matchup, the big derby. Big derby indeed, Matt. And it was O'Connor Knights who uh, got a comfortable uh, 3-0 uh, victory uh, away at uh, Canberra White Eagles. I'm sure the uh, Eagle Burgers were, were out uh, in, in full force. Big wave probably. I remember the last time when we were there. Yeah. I had to wait ages, didn't we? It was... <laughs> um, nevertheless, uh, it, it took uh, O'Connor six minutes uh, to put three past their rivals, which just highlights their quality. I mean, to score three goals in six minutes uh, just basically feels like the snap of the fingers and three goals are in the back of your net. So um, that's the quality that O'Connor possesses. Um, You know, the huge win also um, means that they've regained the lead over ANU by two points uh, in the race for promotion. So that neck and neck battle uh, is absolutely huge at the moment uh, between those two teams. Um, uh, as as seems to be the case uh, in these big big matches, you know, O'Connor become very very hard uh, to to break down. Uh, the, their efficiency, um, you know, proved to be a key aspect uh, in this match as they waited for the right moments to to break through. And uh, two of their goals came after they had a, a man advantage, which once again you got to take advantage and be lethal uh, in those moments and in those situations. Uh, so that's exactly what they did. I think White Eagles will obviously be disappointed to be the ones that conceded three goals in a six-minute time span, but they can point to, um, you know, being a man down uh, for, for two for two of them. Um, but they, they were obviously one nil down already with 11 on the pitch. Um, overall, they, they found it difficult to break O'Connor down. As many teams have struggled to break uh, O'Connor down, but... Uh, they've t- turned their fortunes a- around recently. They're in a pole position to take fourth spot, which I think is yep. um, in clear sight uh, for them just to solely focus on capture- capturing a top four spot. I mean, to have their fortunes, uh, you know, have the- sorry, have their fortunes turned around per se, um, you know, they're in a pole position to take uh, fourth spot, which I think is... Um, what they should solely focus on at the moment, just capturing a, a finals uh, berth. And uh, we'll, we'll see how um, the next run of results and fixtures uh, play out. Because um, obviously there's still a bit of football to be played, um, spots to be uh, filled. Uh, so it's no by, by no means over uh, for White Eagles. They're still in a very good chance with that uh, game in hand uh, over the, the likes of Yulgali. So... Um, they're still in a good position, even though this is a it's a hard pill to swallow, especially when you're losing to uh, a rival. Yeah, thoughts on this one, Russ? Yeah, I'm not. I don't want to correct your stats, but it was uh, three goals in four minutes, which is even worse. Four minutes. Them, yeah, Paddy O'Rourke with a my, penalty. Oh, three and four. Paddy, my, uh, yeah. my, uh, so my source told me wrong then. Now Paddy O'Rourke with a penalty after 72, and then Cressich 75 and 76. Um, oh, it's, it's it's quite incredible when you, you wait for a goal and then all three come along very quickly. Obviously, the penalty broke the hearts of, yeah. of the White Eagles a bit, didn't it? And then when Cressage scores, it's it's all over. Uh, again, we go back to the Queen City points deduction here and um, the result probably beforehand for White Eagles, you're thinking, well, it, it's not going to hurt them as much as it probably would have. Um, 
all things being equal and Queen been losing, you would have looked at it and they would have come off that field going, oh, we've lost 3-0 and Ugali have probably won in Wagga and they didn't. So it mm. didn't hurt them. I think the only yeah. way it does hurt them is obviously in pride because uh, as you're well aware, this is a huge matchup in Canberra, Eagles and Knights. And you never want to lose to your local rivals and uh, to do so at home is even worse. But credit to the Knights, they just keep going, don't they? Um, they've got themselves a two-point advantage now at the top of the table. Um, it keeps twisting and turning. And I'm sure there'll be plenty more to come before the end of the season, especially with uh, ANU and the Knights having to play each other twice, uh, which is going to make very tasty matches before the push for promotion at NPL 1. Look, they certainly are. And Michael mentioned they uh, broke down pretty well. O'Connor in these big games are just, like you mentioned, very, very solid defensively. That is the one massive takeaway I've taken from them this season. They've improved defensively immensely. Uh, it's and game changes at the other end of the field. Game, yeah, 100%. It's just they're, they're, they're all around the park. They really are pushing for this top spot. And like Russ mentioned, it's going to be some uh, tasty encounters uh, until the end of the season. And one of those, uh, uh, you just mentioned it, the team that they will be uh, fighting for, for that uh, promotion place, is ANU. They got a 2-2 draw against Queanbeyan City on the weekend. Uh, obviously, obviously in this one, this was before the, uh, the points were deducted. So it was a different sort of uh, mentality heading into this one. Queenbeam's goals were from, Walk, from, were from Walker and Adams and then Carter's once again with a brace for ANU. Elation uh, for Queenbeam City at the time as they scored with literally the last kick of the game from all accounts. Uh, they were on the front foot for the majority of the first half and from all accounts, they were the better of the two sides heading into that halftime uh, being 1-0 up, of course. Uh, they would be disappointed, though, that they weren't able to replicate that same form in the second half because we saw an ANU come back in there. They went 2-1 up and were about to win the game before the uh, the last kick of the matchup. Uh, in saying that, though, they, they will they would take from that second half, from that first half against um, ANU and the final goal into this next matchup. But I guess for them, though, what does the points do for the, what does that sort of points deduction do for them heading into the next matchup? We'll head we'll mention it against White Eagles, yeah. but does this sort of change the season the way they uh, approach matches? It's uh, it's hard to tell. That's only something we will have to wait and see for ourselves. Heartbreak for ANU, though, as literally, like we mentioned, the last kick of the game, pegs in two points behind O'Connor. Uh, like we mentioned, though, still two matches to play against O'Connor. So even though they are behind, it is sort of in their hands because if they can, uh, just playing hypothetical, if they beat O'Connor one, if they can beat O'Connor once or even twice or get a draw and a, and a, and a, and a win, they can put themselves in front of them. So it's going to be an interesting way to end the season, though, from all accounts, though, they... Had a very, very good second half. And like we mentioned, heartbreak for them at the end. What did you think about this one, Russ? A pretty yeah. exciting matchup. I, I sort of I wish I was there now, but yeah, two uh, apiece. I, I, was, I was with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two apiece. I mean, it's a, it's a good result, isn't it, for Queen City when you look at it uh, face value, the way at the side that was at the top of the table. Um, Sam Carter can't stop scoring, can he? 15 for the season. Ironically, didn't get any when they got a bag full um, the week before, but um, got himself a couple today and... Uh, today um, on the weekend and and um, yeah they would have been disappointed that they didn't hold off for the three points I think right about now though it's just keeping in touch isn't it yeah. so if one if you can be within a point or two points of the side above you uh, going into those big matches you mentioned it's in your hands and the same for O'Connor Knights and the way that both sides are playing I think it will be um, you touched on Queen Bean City and, and you've hit the nail on the head it, now their game's heading into they play White Eagles they've got Ugali as well haven't they and you look at it and they play O'Connor Knights as well to, to Queanbeyan City um, and you wonder you just wonder once this is made official um, 
in terms of what, what it was for. And you wonder how it's going to affect them as a club and you wonder how their, their players are going to react. You'd hope that they'd come out fighting to prove a point. Um, and, and that's what we can hope for at the moment. Again, let's just, uh, they might appeal and they might get them back. Who knows? But um, we have to wait and see. Right by now, we can only go with what we've got in front of us. Um, and they're well off the pace with 10 points. And what would have been a, a decent point for them on the weekend and a bit of elation for them coming away, having equalised in the last minute, turns to dejection at training this week. And now it's up to Gabby and Jaya Wilk to, to try and lift their troops and let the board and everybody else focus on what's happening off the field and they just focus on the task at hand which is getting as many points into the belt as they can between now and the end of the year and if there's two managers to pump players up uh, can't think of many better in Canberra to pump the team up than uh, the Wilk uh, the Wilks um, Michael what, what are our matches heading into round 18 another pretty big round yeah you're right Matt uh, so first up we have Western Mullinglow up against Wagga City Wanderers Saturday August 14th 2.15 at Woden Park enclosed this is going to be a tough one. I'm going to go for a Western Molonglo, uh victory um, at Warden Park. Matt? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm going to go for Western Molonglo victory. It's going to be a close one, though. I think they do have the edge in this tie as well, and they'll be uh, on a high from their win on the weekend, as will Wagga City Wanderers. But I guess Wagga have gotten more of these uh, victory. Well, they're, I know they're ahead of them on the table, but they have gotten more of these uh big victories than Western Molonglo have. So Western Molonglo, more importantly for them, that 90 minutes, putting in that 90 minutes was important for them. As was for Wagga. So who knows what can happen this one. I can see all three results sort of uh, occurring, but I'm going to go for Western victory. Uh, any thoughts on this one, Russ? I think this could have got potential to be a very exciting football match yep. because neither side really has got anything to play for other than pride and league position. They're not going to make the top four unless there's an absolute collapse by those above them. Um, Walker City come off the back of that 2-1 win, as you mentioned, so they're riding high as a Western Malonglo. Both sides look like they've got goals in them. Um, both sides have conceded a fair few this season as well. So I'm going to predict plenty of goals in this one, and I think this is going to be a very exciting match if you're in the vicinity. Uh, go and have a look, because um, I think you'll see a good game of football between two decent sides here. Absolutely, Russ. And next we have O'Connor Knights up against Brindabella Blues, uh, Saturday, August 14th, 3pm at O'Connor Enclosed. I'm going to go for the home team here, uh, O'Connor Knights, uh, the uh, table uh, toppers at the moment in this NPL2 uh, competition. They've got ANU breathing down uh, their necks. Uh, so every match from now until the end of the season is the mentality has to be win, win, win. Uh, for, for O'Connor, uh, because if they keep on winning, uh, granted, if they knew, um, keep winning as well until obviously they have to uh, play each other, um, then they'll get the promotion. Uh, so that's just got to be the mentality at the moment. You take each game as it comes and the mentality is and the mindset is just to keep on winning, just get the three points. So I'm going to go for O'Connor here. Yeah, I agree. And let's not forget, they did let that, um, they did have a two-point uh gap slip last week as well so they from their point of view they're going to be thinking we can't let that happen again especially like you mentioned with those two matches in hand so i'm going to go for a connor knight's victory here and let's and let's uh, not forget i think also a, a big factor for them a nice factor for them is playing at o'connor in close i haven't been able to play there much uh, recently in the last however many years in terms of their home uh, matches so they'll be happy to be uh, back at their uh, back at their uh, spiritual home ground uh, in o'connor any thoughts on this one russ 
top versus bottom and the 34 gap between the two would suggest there's only going to be one result. However, the two games they played this season have finished 2-1 to O'Connor and 1-0 to O'Connor. So there's not much between them. And we've seen it before where sides go into matches against the team at the bottom of the table, flying high, scoring goals, uh, maybe a touch of complacency. I'm not suggesting that Alex and Miro will, will send their team in with nothing but respect for Zoran Glavinic. But they've got all the pace in that Brinda Bella side. And we've seen that hurt O'Connor on occasions this season. And those two tight games between them will give the Blues a, t- a smidgen of hope. Everyone would suggest probably the Knights will win, and they probably will. But I think it's going to be a tough one for them. Next up, we have uh, another cracking match. Uh, Queanbeyan City up against White Eagles. Saturday, August 14th, 3.15pm at High Street. This one should be a cracker. We'll see what quick... What's uh, what Queanbeyan City team we're going to see out on that football pitch in terms from a mentality uh, standpoint, given what we've already uh, discussed following their uh, result against ANU and the point deduction and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of Queanbeyan City we're going to see and, and what happens in that time um, from now and when they play uh, on the weekend. Uh not taking into consideration what the latter now says um, and, and states, I'm going to go for a Queanbeyan City uh, win. Um, I can only hope that they're going to feel some sort of uh, rejuvenation uh, to go out on that pitch, and uh, especially in such a big game as well uh, against the White Eagles. So I'm going to go for a Queanbeyan win. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on this one? I've already mostly already covered it. Oh, look, I mean, again, one of those classic matches, isn't it? Between two sides that are storied and, and you know, again, I, we've alluded to it, depends on what attitude Queanbeyan City has. I mean, the players that they've got won't want to lose matches. So yeah. I think it's going to be a good match, this one. And um, yeah, I, I think, again, it could go either way. If I was going to tip anyone, I think Queanbeyan City with home advantage might just nick it. Yeah, I'm going to go for Queanbeyan City. I think they're going to have a point to prove after what has happened. And... Um, White Eagles, though, they'll definitely have a point to prove as well. Let's not forget they haven't played each other. They still have that match to catch up on. They haven't played each other since that uh, Queanbeyan beat them 7-1 or 7-0. I don't remember the exact score. So yeah. uh, they'll have, have something to prove. It'll, it will be a lot closer. White Eagles have improved since then. Uh, I'm going to say Queanbeyan victory, though, slightly. I mentioned to Paul Townsend on the weekend that maybe they should just play um, for six points. Have a half and a half. <laughs> three, points the, uh, three points for the second half and see what happens. Uh, I think I mentioned on air on the weekend, I actually saw that happen once in the women's oh, competition geez. where they played a league match and a cup match as the same game, which was... Must have been running short for time. Uh, I think Frank yeah, Hayes sent me a message said it was Monero v Tuggeron. They agreed that the match would be for both league points and a cup knockout game, which was yeah. kind of bizarre. So double whammy if you got beat. That's, <laughs> that's literally if hitting... If you won that's, the, that's hitting two birds with one stone. Absolutely. Literally. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Last up, Michael. Yeah, last up, we have Yulgali versus ANU, Saturday, August 14th, 4.15 at Solomad Stadium. I'm going to go for ANU here. They have There's a bit of pressure on them. Uh, when, when you're that close uh, to first place, uh, who is O'Connor, uh, you're eyeing promotion. Um, you know that you can't afford a, a slip-up in a game uh, like this. Uh, there is a lot of pressure. Uh, obviously, there is pressure on O'Connor to maintain uh, the position uh, up top, but there's also the pressure for ANU to maintain um, a, a close race uh, in this race to promotion. Uh, they're going to be, they've got to be 
more motivated than ever to keep this battle going uh, and hope that there may be a slip up along the way from O'Connor. Um, purely from their standpoint, it is they've got to go to Yulgali and they've got to get three points and they can hope for whatever happens to O'Connor uh, in their matchup against Brindabella. Um, so I'm going to go for an ANU win. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go for a new victory as well. I think they do have the uh, the the two match uh, advantage over them uh, this season. I know ANU won when they travelled there, and I believe they also won their home match against them as yeah. well. They're travelling again, ANU, and I do remember the last time ANU travelled to Ugali, it was a cracker. I think it was four two. It was it was a stunning match. So let's hopefully it's a similar match in terms of uh, the neutral. I'm sure the uh, the coaches wouldn't agree in terms of conceding all those goals, but should be a cracking match. But Ugali, Ugali are going to fight. They're going to have a point to prove after after losing last week. But I think uh, ANU will uh, top this one. And like you mentioned, it's a must. They need to stay in this race. So when they eventually get to those two matches in hand, they'll be in a good position. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Yeah, 4-2 at the Solar Madden, 2-0 here in Canberra for ANU in the two wins. But we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, when, we, when I was last on about you look at fixture lists ahead and you try not to get ahead of yourself as, an op- as, a, as a player. And you try and, as much as you can, ignore what the opposition are doing, but you don't. And I think Queen O'Connell will be looking at this and going, geez, we've got Brindabella at home on the weekend, and that's a winnable game for us. Mm. And ANU have to go to Ugali, and, and it might be a tough one for them. And they might, you know, Ugali might nick a point off them there, and all of a sudden that two-point gap could become five um, yeah. if everything goes their way. So they'll look at it. I think, I think you're right, though. I think both of you have, have, have got it spot on when you say that the, the greater need for ANU now, that Ugali don't need the points um, for the top four, considering what we've talked about throughout the broadcast yep. here tonight, um, probably means that Aaron, you will get the points. And when Adam Condabadir has got a squad full of players that can score goals there, hasn't he? And they'll be confident that they can get all the way down there. For Ugali, they'll possibly, be, and O'Connor, they'll probably be hoping that they have the journey from hell and that the bus gets there five minutes before kickoff. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. All sorts of problems. But I think Aaron, you're far too prepared for that. And I'd expect them to come away with the points. Uh, that's us done and dusted for MPL2 and the broadcast. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, Russ, any last thoughts? Any uh, final queries before we uh, head off for the night? Yeah, I believe the Premier League starts this weekend, doesn't it? And League has already started. Football League started around, around the world, isn't it? It's absolutely brilliant. Football never sleeps. We, it was nice to have the Euros and the Olympics to just tide us over between seasons. Yeah. Wasn't it certainly it? was, yeah. yeah. That's I right. mean, I, I got home tonight and had a look, put the TV on and there was no sport on. I was, oh, I'll tell you what, I, I got my general sport fix with the uh, with the Olympics. So that's, that's for sure, yeah. my, just my general. 100%, one. I yeah. watched some IndyCar racing yeah. today because I had nothing else to watch sport. <laughs> it's actually quite good. It was in Nashville. Check it out. It's on a road circuit. About 14,000 crashes. It was uh, quite remarkable. But yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to the Premier League this weekend. And of course, locally, um, we're very lucky that we're still playing football. New South Wales yep. season has been cold, I think. And Victoria is yep. the same. And um, we're very lucky here in the ACT. And let's enjoy it while it lasts. And let everybody out there uh, watching this and listening to this, please make sure that you continue to abide by all the rules that are put in place and you know, sanitise, wear your masks where, where appropriate so that we can continue our football season and hopefully... Touch wood, get everything in before, um, uh, you know, if, if the worst comes to worst and we have to lock down. But um, fingers crossed we don't have to. Everyone's going all right at the moment and we're yep. enjoying our football. Yeah, 100%. Uh, any last thoughts, Michael? No, I think, uh, like Russ mentioned, I'm very excited um, that the Premier League is is back uh, this weekend and uh, obviously, obviously over the next couple of weeks, the other leagues will uh, slowly... Uh, start as well, such as you know your Serie A and La, La Liga, and um, I'm very excited uh, for for the football uh, to 
come back on uh, television. Um, I actually just put up a, an article on my Facebook not too long ago. I just uh, wrote a story about, you know, United's chances at hopefully, you know, making a good uh, title run. Uh, uh, well, a good run, sorry, at, at the Premier League crown this this season. So there's a bit of bit of much needed optimism around there with the signings, and I'm very excited. I think it's going to be a very um, a very close uh, Premier League campaign. There's a lot of good teams, a lot of transfer activity as well uh, between a lot of the elite uh, sides. Mm. Obviously, I won't get into into too much because you know I've got quite the opposite feelings on them and what they've gone through this offseason, which has been an absolute shambles, but <laughs> that's for another day. Um, but yeah, very much looking forward to action um, locally here in Canberra with the games that, that, that are on uh, all the, uh, you know, exciting and, and important games uh, that, that will be played uh, over this weekend. So uh, a lot of football. I'm surprised that you didn't talk to Adam Conopadero in the week and ask him now that Messi's officially leaving <laughs> um, Barcelona, whether yeah. ANU have actually got themselves into a position to sign him because they made a mention of it earlier in the year, didn't they? Um, yeah, well, I'm sure they've contacted uh, Messi's father at some point. So, Actually, <laughs> before we uh, leave, I actually wanted to... I'll edit this bit out, but I actually wanted to... I think, I think it'll come here. Uh, one of my... Uh, I... I, I got a little bit of a sneak peek of what's actually going to happen <laughs> uh, with where Messi's going to sign. I'm not, sure, you, I'm not sure if that's... <laughs> it doesn't come off very well, but... Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't see the jersey. Yeah, you can't see it. It sort of comes off. I might post it on the uh, I think he's page, for you, but, uh, he's, <laughs> yeah, my, uh, yeah, my manager for work, Nick, uh, does the, the Pez stuff and he does it on the thing and he's made all the local uh, shirts as well um, on the game yeah. and it looks fantastic. Uh, and he's got the Ugali top because he's from Griffiths as well. He's got Messi in the Ugali top for, on Pez, so... <laughs> Congratulations, you Garlian. Look, in that in in that case, are they sharing him a half each this weekend? Because because I want to revise my prediction. If Messi's lining up for you, Garlian, this weekend, I reckon they might take AANU. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he'd love to play out at Griffith Bay. I mean, the pizza's fantastic, there. <laughs> oh yeah, and to really sort of sh- shoot um, ANU's uh, title uh, promotion hopes, you know, if, better pizza. You know, Messi, Messi's the one that Messi the could Paris. be the one to do it. <laughs> Hundred percent. Anyway, uh, fa- fantastic stuff, guys. Good banter as always, and great uh, to talk about local football. Thank you very much, everyone, from us here at Canberra Football Show. Big episode forty, and we'll come back to you next week for episode forty-one. Thank you. <laughs>